0: Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, Coach Jay here, and this week, Shruti and I are talking about dealing with adversity, and we have my friend Jen with us to talk about her dealing with type 1 diabetes. hope you enjoy this show.
1: about one of our sponsors, Simon Says Farms. Check out their line of all-natural health and wellness products. This includes goat milk, soaps, lotions, and lip balm, all handmade on their farm in Connecticut. Check out simonsaysfarms.com for their full line of products. If you're counting macros and love some sweet heat, make sure to add a bottle of all-natural swanky sauce to your shopping cart.
0: Hey guys, Coach Jay here once again with Shruti Sedane and we have Jen Christensen, a friend of mine who I recently just got to meet in person. We've connected a little under two years ago online and have shared a lot and today we're talking about dealing with adversity and Jen has type 1 diabetes and we've discussed some things and she was here this past weekend and for five days, I got to see what she deals with on a daily basis and just knowing from conversation to then actually seeing what she goes through. I have to tip my cap and I'm uh, very impressed with what people that have to deal with that go through and uh, Jen, I need to introduce yourself and give us a little information on you.
2: Well, um, as you'd said, I'm Jen Christensen. I have had type 1 for 16 years, almost 16 years now. Um, I do refer to it as a her from time to time because it's part of me, part of my life. And so I laugh that she's almost old enough to drive, <laughs> um, which is frustrating because sometimes I'm like, stop it, you know, because uh, it, it, she does like to take control. But it's, um, it's, it's different. It wasn't a diagnosis that I was expecting to ever receive. And I originally had received the wrong diagnosis. And that took a few years to get corrected. So
0: Now, I, I read the, the blog that you shared with us. And originally, they, they thought it was a thyroid issue. And then it became type 2. And then eventually, so... When you get one diagnosis and you start living your life based on that, and then all of a sudden you got to make a change. So now it's type two and you got to live with that. And then all these changes, did the inconsistency just like, once you settled in and things started to somewhat be normal and how difficult was it for, Oh, Nope. We got another change for you. We got another change for you.
2: Well, the change from thyroid to, uh, to type two was literally just within the one day, you know, my doctor, considering that I was almost 29 years old, Type one is not typically, at least not in the historical sense, an adult onset. It is happening more and more frequently, but the doctor I was seeing at the time saw my age and saw my blood sugar level and automatically put type two. So dealing with that, it was was a life changer because I can't get rid of it. No No matter what, type one or type two, you're always with it. Type two is a little bit more manageable with diet and exercise but you still have it. Um, you can come off your meds, but you still have it. If you don't maintain the healthy lifestyle or management, it will flare again and have a different issue. With type one, it's an autoimmune, and my come to find out it was my body's own immune system that killed off the insulin-producing cells in my pancreas. So the type two diagnosis was almost, I felt guilty for it, because it can be caused by lifestyle it's very genetic but lifestyle can set it off and the type 1 was more of a relief because I knew that something wasn't right no matter how hard I tried I couldn't keep my levels where they should be I felt like I was starving myself it was very very frustrating because I I, I couldn't I, I'm not necessarily a perfectionist but when I couldn't fix and I couldn't be where I needed to be doing everything I was told to do, I knew something wasn't right. So what
1: does a typical day look like in terms of like what medications you have to take, what kind of foods you can eat for someone who might be going through this or maybe they just, you know, found out that they also have di- diabetes? be
2: So a typical day, type one is it's 24-7. Um, 365, sometimes it feels like it's more than that. So um, when I wake up in the morning, I I check my levels. I have a continuous glucose monitor and it watches my levels and it gives me a graph and I can see that at any time. But when I wake up first thing in the morning, I look to see how my levels were overnight. I dose uh, insulin according to what I'm about ready to eat, as well as any adjustment for if I'm running too high. And I go from there, you know, and that changes on a day-to-day basis. I can eat the exact same thing at the exact same time every single day. And it will be a different outcome every single day.
1: So what's, what's the number system like? Like what's a healthy number to have? What's not a healthy number to have?
2: What's a high number, you know, what's a low number? So my, they, they, I try to keep my levels between 70 and 140 on the blood glucose levels. And that's my preference. It's going to be different from person to person, you know, teens and kids, they try to keep them a little higher because they are more active. Uh, Older individuals, they also like to keep it a little higher simply because they're less likely to feel when they go low. But I like mine 70 to 140. Um, My lowest ever was 27 and (laughs) yeah, it, I was, I was asleep when that one hit and it woke me up and I inhaled everything in the kitchen to bring my blood sugar back up and then went back to sleep. And when I woke up again, I was almost 400. Um, my highest ever that I have seen was, uh, 604 and 604 is, is really, really high. Um, and wow. Yeah. So, you know, some people, I've known people who have passed out from a low in the mid fifties. And I've known, you know, other people who are down in the teens without a problem, not necessarily without a problem, but without passing out. And I've known people who have been in the four digits, you know, 12, 1300 on blood sugar levels. And what does it feel
1: like when it's too high or too low for you personally? What have you experienced as far as like the side effects, Like, do you feel like pain in your body? What kind of, what does it feel like?
2: So a high blood sugar is, I feel very uh, sluggish. I get very tired. I get very angry. I get grumpy. Basically the sugar is in my blood is making my blood thicker. And so my heart's beating harder, everything. It's just more, it's like trying to run through syrup. It's uh, very difficult that way. A low blood sugar, my brain starts starving because your, your brain needs glucose in order to function. And with the low sugar, your brain starts taking anything it can from everything that it can. So I, it's like a panic attack starts to set in. Um, I literally start to uh, sweat profusely. I get the, the pounding chest. I get the ringing in my ears, um, the slurred speech and not able to coherently have a conversation when it starts dropping too low.
1: Wow. That sounds like a lot. And you seem so brave, despite what you've been through, like just in your, your attitude and your demeanor until you're a strong one.
2: Well, you know, you, you do what you do to stay alive. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true.
0: Going back to your initial diagnosis and how did you handle it emotionally and, and, and psychologically just, And was it the, why me? And then how quick did you flip it to, okay, I don't have a choice. I got to deal with it. And how long was that transition before you were able to come to a situation like this where you could talk about it openly and not break down every time?
2: The initial diagnosis with the type two was very rough. It was a, why me? What did I do wrong? And how am I going to deal with this for forever? I, I didn't want to deal with it. I, the restrictions that I was given at that point felt extreme to me. I, my meals were a maximum of 45 to 60 carbs per meal, which sounds not bad, but a a single slice of bread is 15 carbs. So if I wanted a turkey sandwich with, you know, tomato, lettuce, and mayo, that right there would have been 50 carbs. Forget any type of drink, forget any chips, forget anything else um, and it, it felt very very restrictive right at first especially since I hadn't been watching carbs or what I ate I, I ate healthy but I didn't look at all the numbers and it took it took a little while it took you know a month or so for me to settle into that and then like I said it was frustrating because even settling into that wasn't working when I did get the corrected diagnosis of type 1, I went through the whole morning process again. And because even though the difference between the two isn't much, there is a lot of difference. We still treat it the same. We still have to count our carbs. We still have to, you know, watch what we eat, take that in consideration, but the complications that can come along with type one are so much more severe. Now
0: with the, and like I said, in the beginning i met you in person just recently so i got to see I mean, what you deal with on a day-to-day basis and at one point you apologized for the beeps which i named r2d2 i said r2d2 beeps and everyone loves r2d2 so that's our thing as much as you said it's a she it's r2 uh, <laughs> so with, all, with all the beeps and having to have the pump do you ever have times where there's like an embarrassment. Like when you, when you said, sorry about the beeps, it's almost like, and I know we've discussed it before where you, you try not to draw attention to it. And then hopefully the people around you don't really notice it. But are are there any times where you're going to that wedding and you got the nice dress and you think, I wish I didn't have this pump where on a day-to-day basis, you can deal with it. But are there isolated times where I wish I didn't have these beeps going all the time or, and just where it's like, a little inconvenient, just more on an aesthetic aspect.
2: It is, the the pump can get complicating in reference to where to put it. Um, as Shruti, as I'm sure you know, girl jeans have no pockets to them whatsoever. And, yeah. <laughs> and so having to, I mean, here, here's my pump. So it's not overly huge, but if I stick it in the girl jean pockets, it literally only goes about halfway and it gets in the way it you know I have to have something to clip it to and if I'm in a full-length dress then I have to clip it in you know not necessarily appropriate location and so if I sit down to eat I either have to excuse myself to dose for the food I'm eating or you know reach down my shirt dress whatever to grab it to take care of that and the beeps can be distracting you know if you're not expecting them if if you're in the middle of you know, like a wedding, for instance, and it's the quiet moment, and it beeps. You know, if the if the minister would say, you know, "Speak now, or forever hold you peace," and R two goes off and beeps, it would be kind of funny, but it would also it draws attention to me, and and that's that's not what I w- would prefer. I unfortunately, there's a lot of stigma that comes with diabetes. I have been i um, told that I need to do that someplace else before I got my pump and I was doing shots. I have had people ask me, um, can't you do that someplace else? Do you have to give your shots right here? Uh, why are you testing your blood sugar? I don't want to see that. Um, it's, it, it, which it, it's hard. It's not like I asked for this. It's not like I went out and said, here, please give me a condition that I'm going to have to monitor my whole entire life. But it it can be, it, it can be embarrassing if, you know, because it, d- it does draw me out. And, and it's, a, it's a guilty feeling from time to time.
1: Have you ever asked these people, like, why does this offend you? And how is me like using this pump affecting your life? Because that's what I would say. Like, um, how is this affecting your life? Because I'm not doing anything to you. I'm just taking care of my health. So to me, that's like, kind of rude like I would (laughs) tell something to these people if I were with you I'd be like um you can move or you can walk away if this bothers you but
2: yeah and and right at first I I I wasn't confident enough in myself to be able to call someone out on that um I have a couple times now you know when I've asked well can't you do that someplace else I've joked and said well can't your pancreas do it someplace else too I don't want to (laughs) watch you do it naturally but (laughs) It's yeah, you know, in we're we're a small portion of the population and it really shouldn't affect them. But as we all know, humans don't always make sense in what bothers them. A lot of times what does bother them is, you know, the fact that it's blood and it's a needle and it's you know scary. I remember one time I had gone to Taco Bell for lunch and it was before I had my pump, and so I just had my my syringes and then sat down for lunch and I don't necessarily wanted to inject in the in the restroom because public bathrooms are kind of gross and disgusting yeah and I wanted a you know someplace a little bit more sanitary so I you know just did it right there at the table but I hid it underneath the table just right there in my stomach well there was this little kid maybe four or five years old Across you know the room from me, and of course he's wandering around, so he's at the height of right below the table. So stomach he is saw eye what level. I, yeah, stomach is eye level. So he got to see what I was doing, and um, he backed up into his mom's legs and turned around and looked at her and said something, you know. And his mom looked up at me and kind of smiled and said, "Yeah, she has to take a shot so she can eat lunch." And he looked at her. He goes. I don't have to do that. And she's like, no, you don't have to do that. He's like, but I've had a shot before. And he, she's like, yes, you have. And that was the end of it. And that's the I, right kind of response though. I, I wanted to go up and hug that mom so much because she didn't freak out about it. She didn't yell at me for, for doing that. She, she knew what it was at least the basics and guided her child through that. And I, I loved it. So,
1: absolutely. It's important for them for kids to learn too, because they're at a young age and they're also like their whole mindset is developing. So, for a mom to be like, listen, sweetie, like this is what people have to do sometimes and it's for their health, and her explaining that calmly and being non judgmental about it when he grows up, he's gonna have a different type of mindset where, like, if he ever sees that, he'll probably respond in a similar way to someone if they're trying to judge or
2: something. Exactly
1: yeah and what do you think like internally has been the biggest lesson for yourself throughout all of this like what have you learned about yourself throughout this experience with you know these health issues
2: that i have to go with the flow and not be mad at myself when i can't control what is uncontrollable
1: i love that such a good attitude
0: do you still have days where either mentally or emotionally you you get those not necessarily the why me, but where where it hits you emotionally, where you might have a, a tough two or three days strung together where you're just worn out because of it.
2: I I do. Um, there are days that I want to just take my pump off and throw it across the room and not deal with it anymore because it is such a, a mental drain. And you know, you, you don't think about everything that you put into your mouth. A, having an effect on your blood sugars I mean, we think about hunger and things along those lines but even some things that don't have any carbohydrates in them make my blood sugar go up you know a a cup of black coffee for instance has no carbs but my blood sugar will still go up Um, a, a steak which we all know is protein will still make my blood sugars go up because the body processes you know 10 grams of protein is five grams of carbs so i have to adjust for that and that's just the, the physical aspect of it. There's anything can make my blood sugar go up. If I have a, a stressful day, if I'm in a, in a car accident, the adrenaline from that and the fear of that will make my blood sugar go up um, because the, the liver, it, you know, it shoots out glucose to give you that fight or flight response. Well, my body doesn't respond to the glucose. It, it doesn't have the insulin to take care of that. And so blood sugars go up. Emotional aspects. If I'm super sad or have been given bad news, that can make my blood sugars go up. I had at one time um, my ex husband had called me and his wife had been diagnosed with uterine cancer three years prior. And she'd been fighting that for quite a while. And when he called and told me that she had just a week left, I had been having an amazing blood sugar day all all day. And within five minutes of the phone call, I was well on my way to 300 and higher because of the emotional aspect of, you know, losing someone close to me. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it, it just happens. There's, there's so much that can affect it. One of my favorite sayings I've had people ask me, well, why is your blood sugar high now? You didn't do anything. I'm like, well, maybe a butterfly farted in the Amazon and it just switched <laughs> something a little bit off. And, and that's what caused, you know, my blood sugar to drop or to, or to climb it's, It's a, it's a never ending battle and it is very mentally exhausting.
1: Is there um, a mental ritual or something you do like yoga or whatever, whatever it is to help you be centered and have that clarity so you don't go in a downward spiral? Like what kind of rituals or practices do you do to keep yourself in
2: balance emotionally, physically, mentally? believe it or not I don't really have anything other than I I can't say ignoring it but it's it's part of me so when you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth do do you you know mentally and emotionally prepare yourself to brush your teeth not always you know some days you just don't want to but you just do it's part of your routine and and so you just go with that so it's Yoga is 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 great. Unfortunately, it makes my blood sugar drop really low, so I have to take that into consideration. Um, Mm -hmm. Running is great. That will make my blood sugar go high or low, depending on you know what I'm doing and how fast I'm running. So it just you know I I consider it like you know washing your face or or putting lotion on or doing what you it's just the things that I have to do to keep going.
0: Yeah. while, While you were here, I saw two extreme lows. One. And for those that know the layout of New York, we pretty much made a, a a fast-paced walking sprint from roughly the Port Authority headed towards Grand Central. So we made it through Times Square, and as we're going through Times Square, you started to feel it, and then you downed a 20-ounce bottle of Coke faster than I've ever seen. <laughs> and then we had to take a break at Bryant Park, and, and then my wife came from Grand Central and met us there because you were you were dropping quick, uh, and then after sitting there for 20 minutes, the effects of the Coke hit, and then you were high. Uh, and then while we were in the car again, after eating and lunch and everything, you, you had a low just before that where you mentioned the slurred speech where you had to take pauses between saying things because it, it was getting really low. Uh, how often do you hit those really low lows where it, it does affect your speech or, I mean, to the point where you have to stop completely and, and sit like we did at the park to, to catch your breath or let things balance out.
2: Thankfully, I don't very often anymore unless I'm doing something completely out of the ordinary.
0: Walking like around, around New, New York, York City.
2: Exactly, exactly, that, that's different for me. But I, I am blessed that the fact that my pump handles a lot of it for me. It, it gets the readings for my blood sugars. And if I start to drop too low, it will adjust how much insulin it's giving me, and even shut off insulin to keep me from dropping too low. So very rarely am I dropping to the point of slurred speech and incoherent, you know, activities, and having to just sit, um, which is good. I I will take, I, I will take a high over a low any day, simply because the low is such a panic feeling.
0: Because you lose control of function
2: well it's also a more immediate danger a blood sugar a high blood sugar can be and is dangerous and it does damage to your you know innards and your organs and stuff, stuff like that and you'll end up with more complications down the road and a significant high blood sugar you know in the four digits twelve 1300 you can go unconscious from it but a low blood sugar will do the exact same thing just a whole lot faster um, you know, the, the fact that I was woken up by my low blood sugar of 27 was, was a miracle in and of itself. Um, and it's, you know, had I not treated it, had I just slept through it, I wouldn't have woken up that morning. It's, it's called dead in bed syndrome.
0: And I know one of the requests you had when, when I met you at the airport were the fruit snacks. And like I said, walking through.
1: Those are the walk,
0: best. W- w- walking through. <laughs> walking through the city and you grab the coke and stuff where you're going low so you and down the sugar which overcorrection do you tend to have more do you tend to go low and then overdo it with the sugar or do you tend to go high and then overdo with a, a dose of insulin and now you went too low
2: i have actually done both it's called roller coastering which sounds like fun it doesn't it is physically exhausting me personally, I have a tendency to overcorrect from a low to a high. I I eat too much because I don't like that panicked feeling and I want to get that gone as soon as possible.
0: That was my so, fault for ordering the four pizzas.
2: <laughs> now the four pizzas was great. Yeah, you know, that was absolutely delicious. Um I did I did fight the high later, but you know for the next 12 14 hours, but that's fine. You know, that that was worth it. So But What's there the are food some-
1: Sorry, I was going to say, what's the food you'll never give up? Food. You know what? Like, what's your favorite food? You'll, like, you'll be like, I'm never giving this up. This is my food. I'm going to eat it whenever I want.
2: But, and I, I laugh, and Jay laughs, because that truly is food. There is, you know, so many people think of diabetes as, okay, you have to restrict what you eat. Well, if you start restricting anything from someone's lifestyle, what's the first thing they're going to want to do? They're gonna We're want bad. that, yeah. You know, if you have a little kid and say, "Don't go to the cookies," they're gonna want cookies more than anything. And they are. Um, so I, I don't cut anything out from my diet. I just make sure I eat it in moderation, and I, that I dose as correctly as I can for it. You know, I still have. Beef. Yeah, that was an R two beep. Um, so I. I also have the seven-layer chocolate cake. I'll have a slightly smaller piece, but I'm still going to have it. I'm not going to have it every single day. But I I found early on that if I restricted what I ate, when no one was looking, I would binge and eat more than I should.
1: No, it's true. It has the opposite effect. That's why I think it's, it's the best way to do it is in moderation. And have you ever tried the dominoes, like those mini lava cakes?
2: Yes. Those are actually really good. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. The, the Hershey's pie at Burger King is also really delicious. Oh too, my God. So. That's
1: so good. So good.
0: Well, that's one, one of the shows that we did was on balance and you see it with the health nuts that you can't eat pizza and you can't go out for a beer with your buddies or do wings and you got to eat all healthy. So we focus on that physical health, but then I mean, disregard our, our psychological and emotional health. And I mean, being able, like you said, still having the chocolate cake, just maybe a slightly smaller piece or, I mean, I think there has to be that balance. I think, like you said, if you eliminate something completely, yeah, it might balance you physically a little better, but at what expense emotionally or psychologically?
2: Exactly.
1: Once in a while, I like to do intermittent fasting just because I feel like more clarity, like I did it yesterday. I ate at a certain time and then I didn't eat for like 13 to 15 hours. I think it's like intermittent fasting like 16 hours, which is really hard. But I was like, oh, I feel the difference. And I can't do it all the time, but they say that something that does something with um your mindset too. Like you feel more clear when you wake up. Like if you eat at a certain time the night before, like if you eat at seven and then don't eat till like one o'clock the next day or 12 o'clock. Does something to your mind like it? I don't know. Um, it's like a cleansing your mind.
2: I, I personally, I don't know if I would ever attempt that because I have seen what it does to me if I go too long without food.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I'm always
1: hungry, so it's
2: hard. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) what it does to you, I'm like you kept saying, you don't like to be hangry. Blood, is a thing, so what it does what it does to your blood sugar or what it does to you just being cranky because you haven't eaten
2: all of the above
0: and definitely had a a variety of food while you were here so we 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 probably put your uh, your game your like I said it's like the worm game we got to stay between the lines and we definitely made it roller coaster on you for a couple of days
2: and yes and I've had pizza, pizza's delicious, but there, every time I try something new, a new food that I can't actually look at the recipe for, it's I have to guess, you know, on on carbs.
0: A canola. So. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> much all sugar.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know, so I have to, you know, based on that and and the cream, whether it's a whipped cream or actually like a custard cream, that's the difference.
0: So And how the, the five days that you had up here between going to the city, going backpacking, I mean like I said, trying all the different pizzas, Frankie's hot dogs, and then going up to my father's, we did the Portuguese food. I and mean, so the five days of all new foods, I mean, you tried I and mean, half a dozen different things that you've never had before. Was that an average vacation in terms of how up and down your blood sugar went? Or was this a little more extreme than, than usual? I mean, taking account that we did a lot of walking and a lot of physical activity too
2: when it's a vacation to a new a new spot and new foods that was pretty standard if i had gone on vacation to some place that i'd gone before and ate things that i'd eaten before i would have expected that to maintain a more solid level and more in range simply because i'd done it before but with the new foods and the different activities uh it's I wasn't surprised that I beeped as often as I did.
0: Now, what would you recommend for someone that might be listening that was just recently diagnosed? How, how do you move forward without beating yourself up and the why And like you said, a lot of the time with the, the type two, it's a case of, all right, you did something wrong. You ate too many sausage and peppers for 15 years. And now you're struggling with it or whatever the case may be um, where in this case, it tends to be just something that your, your body did to itself, not something that you did wrong. How do you ac- accept that, that it, it is what it is and what would you recommend for someone? I know you were part of a support group.
2: How helpful was that? The support group got me through so much there. You can never underestimate the power of a me too being in a room of you know, 100 people where every single one of us in there have been dealing with diabetes in one way or another for anywhere from six months to 60 60 years. Seeing the different successes, hearing the fact that the struggles that you're having, others have had, that you're not that different, that you're not singled out. I mean, we all want to be unique in our own way, but knowing that someone else has been there and has done that, and seeing them succeed through it is very, very important. I would recommend to anyone to find a, a support group or even just a support person that they, they can talk to. My doctor, I've given my doctor permission to give my number out to anyone who has questions. You know, it's just like as when we were teenagers, we like to talk to our friends or even our friends as parents more than we wanted to talk to our own parents. Because, I mean, it's great to talk to your doctor, but you don't want to always talk to your doctor about certain things. There there are certain aspects that you're like, okay, I don't need your expertise on that. I want to know how to, you know, for women, where am I supposed to put my pump? You know, where you, if I decide to get intimate with my partner, does the tubing get in the way? How do you adjust with that? But, you know, just different aspects that you don't think about, and you don't necessarily want to talk to your doctor on. So uh, finding a friend, be it in your local community, be it online, be it across the world, doesn't matter. Find someone who is is there and me too. I, I have made more friends that have diabetes and they have been closer than a lot of my other friends throughout my whole life.
0: And one thing I found what, what I recently went through with the, the cardiac issues and getting the stent. I went into a group and you're looking at the post and everyone's posting, ah, I just had my second this I just had my second heart attack. I just went in for another stent. I just had, it was like all these, oh, great. I have to look forward to this in the future where I actually put a post and like, can I hear someone tell me a success story? Can I have someone say, Hey, I'm back to lifting. I'm back to running. I'm kayaking still. Do you ever find that sometimes with the support group where I don't want to use pity party and lighten it but where it is a lot of complaining and you're like I don't really want to hear the complaining I'm here to hear the support side and the success side and do you ever sometimes get the wrong message from the, that group?
2: Yeah sometimes you get the message of too much negativity and you're expecting you know you'll see someone who has, is partially blind or has kidney disease or has some severe complications and they're whining and complaining about it and rightfully so in their part because their body is is being ravaged by this disease but that's not what you want to hear you want to hear about the the person who was able to run the marathon or the the half marathon or or even go on the tv show the amazing race one of the winners there was a type one diabetic at one point so you you want those so yeah uh, and you weave them out you know you don't I, i've listened to a few and 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 understood but there's there's lots of groups out there and if you don't like this one particular group find another one that you do fit to
0: and let's put it out there that you did run a half marathon after being diagnosed I,
2: I did. Yes, I did. I ran a I ran a half marathon in um, twenty seventeen. So,
0: how do amazing. you handle during that event? How do you handle that? I mean, that's a lot of fruit snacks to be carrying with you.
2: <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> so um, surprisingly, so I my blood sugars ran high the majority of the of the race because of the adrenaline um, and the excitement of actually being there and running. I was was high for quite a while. I did have fruit snacks with me and of course in any marathon or half marathon there's the the drink stations and there's pure Gatorade, not the diet stuff. And so yeah. you have the carbohydrates there and so it's it's there and there's lots of people around. But it's I was nervous to do it, but I was challenged by my best friend and you you can never turn down a challenge from your best friend. I mean, she went zip lining at 80 feet in the air for me, so I had to run a half marathon with her. So it was, it it was a challenge. It was difficult, but it's one that I'm very, very proud of that I was able to actually accomplish. Wow. You're you're a warrior. Oh, as I like to put it, I'm just me. (laughs) What sign are you? I am a Libra, actually. Oh, very nice. When's your birthday? September 26th.
1: I feel like I have a friend whose birthday is September 26th.
2: I love Libras. They're so
1: easygoing. They're the easiest sign to get along with, in my opinion. That's why we well, along.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we try to keep everything balanced. Yes, yes. So Very true.
0: Well, definitely. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. And hopefully people out there that are dealing with adversity in general and, and also with diabetes Uh, learn something from this or someone that was recently diagnosed um, can see that you can have success from running a marathon and just balancing it and being able to accept it and keep going on with life and not being slowed down
2: yeah don't be slowed down and have fun with it joke about it you know call your body parts by by names or or joke that you're part cyborg or You know, I actually have a T-shirt that says, you know, the only one tough enough to kick my ass is me because autoimmune disease, my own body killed parts of me off. So, you know, we have to, you have to have fun with it. If you don't have fun with life, it gets you down too far.
1: So why?
0: Thanks for coming on and hope you guys enjoyed the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me
0: shift mindset podcast is for entertainment purposes only while the suggestions strategies and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals thank you